Paleo Hackers, Clark back again. Morning. Well, it's morning here in Seattle. It's about uh, 8.45, just going through the Kyle show, and thought I would just give a little what's up. I don't normally do intros anymore, um, mostly for the sake of time, but uh, because they're getting kind of repetitive and almost the same old stuff over and over again. We're all adults, and we don't need someone to give us, like, 15-minute spark notes on, on the show we're about to listen to, so... It's a great show, but I want to take a little bit and kind of let you know where I'm at um, with things and kind of give an open mic session, I guess, Um, except there's no bad bar karaoke here. It's just um, a little bit of an update. Now, I I normally plug my website and my uh, videos and my social media, and it sounds like an infomercial or commercial. Um, Not going to do that this time. I've actually, in life, kind of taken... A different direction, if you will. I, I was super into health entrepreneurship about a year or two ago, going through college and finding out what I wanted to do outside of it. And I built my own health business and started working with people and started getting into personal development through that. And then I started working with people in personal development field and, you know, coached over 50, 60 men. And loved it and learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about coaching, learned a lot about people. And I'll never forget the one thing I would always tell people is they uh, is stop settling, start living, right? Because we have this idea in our heads, I'm sure you can relate to this, I know I can, of where we do, to, do what we don't want to do today as if it's going to get us what we want tomorrow, right? We, we put off what we really want to go for um, in the future and we almost sacrifice what we have today. Oh, no, I can't travel the world because I got bills to pay. Or, oh, no, I can't really go on that vacation. My job won't give me time off. Or, oh, no, I have to work this job because I've been here for 15 years and I got good pay. What else am I going to do? Oh, no, I have to go to college because now I'm in debt. And if I don't get a career that pays, I can't get out of debt. We have all these different things. you know, Like, oh, this relationship has been going on for two years. Might as well suck it up because I don't want to get to know another person. Right, We have all these different areas in our life that we put off and we settle. We just stop right there. And I don't believe that's necessarily the case. And when I was working with uh, a lot of men, I realized that that was the common theme. That people were coming to me because they were unhappy with their current surroundings and they wanted to do something about it. They, They were hungry and they didn't know how. And I think the first thing we need to realize is that at the end of our life, right? When you're sitting in diapers, getting force-fed organic kale smoothies, if you're still into health, uh, through a blender and a tube and a straw, you're not going to look back and regret every single thing you did. Oh, so stupid. I did this. I did this. No, you're going to look back and regret everything you didn't do. You're going to look back and, and say, why didn't I spend more time with these people? Why didn't I go travel over there? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't... It's going to be the cycle of regretting what you didn't do. So, um, and, and a quick, quick note on that, a, a book or just a blog, if you're out there on the computer right now, Google um, Five Regrets of the Dying. It's a nurse who was working with clinical, clinically ill patients. Um, hold on, I'll get it right now. I have them. They're so important, I always keep them in the front of my journal. Um, She basically worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clinically ill patients. She was a nurse, and she um, asked them, you know, what did they wish they 
looking back on life, what did they wish they did more of? What did they wish they did less of? And she pulled out five common themes over thousands and thousands of responses. They all ended up saying the same thing. This was people who were on their deathbed looking back at their life, regretting what they didn't do. You want to know what they said? I'll read it to you. Here are the five regrets of the dying. Number one, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not a life others expected of me. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Imagine that. Number three, I wish I had taken the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Number five, I wish I had let myself be happier. Now, I definitely relate to those. And I'm saying it's time to do something about them because I relate to those. If you relate to any of those, I'd recommend you start it now because you're going to be one of those people eventually in the nursing home giving that answer to the nurse. You don't want to be that. So I suggest if there's something not working today, if there's something you're settling on that you're not achieving, if there's something you're not going for, begin it today. Do one thing. I don't care if uh, you're 50 pounds overweight. Let's use that one. The first step might just be signing up for a gym. Might just be. The first step might just be um, clearing out an hour a day where you walk around your block. Whatever it is, the first step might be throwing out your food and and researching paleo or whatever diet. I don't care what you want to do. It's all good. doesn't matter. The first step is the key. If it's staying in touch with your friends, you might call that first person right now. Pause pause this tape and uh, go call them. I don't care what it is. That one thing will get you closer to it because you don't want to regret at the end of the life what you didn't do. Um, That's kind of where this rant ended up going, so I'll just leave it there, but... Kyle's a good dude. We talk about similar stuff like this on the call. Um, lots of lots of stuff around mental illness and, and depression or mental conditions um, and how you get out of that, how you unstick yourself. Uh, really good stuff, guys. So so I'll roll the tape right now. And um, if you want to get in contact with me, Clark at PaleoHacks.com is great. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all good, too. You know where I'm at. Stop settling. Start living. Later, guys. Morning, I'm buddies. Good. I'm good, buddy. How are you? Cool, man. Cool. Good, good. I, well, I guess it's evening over there, right? What is it, 5 p.m.? 5 p.m. Wow, that's a time difference, man. Yeah, what are you, 9, 9 a.m. there, isn't it? Yeah, 9 a.m. Yep. Bright and so early. You're up, you're up, though, aren't you? You're up. You're oh, yeah. dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, normally, I like to start my days around, like, 7. I think that's a solid time. But, um, cool, man. Good getting you on the show, buddy. Um... We normally shoot for like 45 minutes, I guess, on, on this show. Um, and again, we keep it pretty loose and, and flowing. And um, I, I really just want to try and pull some good you know, passion out of you. I think that's the most important part and what people relate to, not necessarily like you know, all these um, super like in-depth answers sometimes. Like people can be robots, but uh, I don't know. I'm just going on a rant right now. But, y- you know, the, I... I <laughs> Let me get off my soapbox here. Get up there. You get up there and you tell them. Yeah, I'm going to tell them all. I'm going to tell them all. <laughs> oh, man. Well, cool, man. I, I I guess where I'm getting at is the point of the show is to make you look good and to reach a lot of people, which is 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 the goal. So we'll do that today. Um, and I'm excited about the topic, man. I, I think it's a solid one. Um, and well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's it's yeah. an interesting thing for me. I mean, it, it, it's sort of you know, I found myself 
isolated almost to a certain extent with the sort of work I do. Uh, I mean, that's why I sent you that link to that. Well, I didn't send you a link to that. I just sent you the name of Gabor Mate because I, I just, you know, he's, sure. he's, he's becoming a reasonably big name. And uh, it's nice to see that there's other people doing the same sort of thing that, that I'm doing. Sure. Um, so, yes. So your, your, your trip to Mexico was very good. Yeah, it was awesome, man. I, I go down every year for uh, like 10 days or so. And it's just, it's cool to, I mean, I, I'm terrible at Spanish, but um, I try. I learn like three new words every year. So I, I think I have about like 10 words under my belt right now. Um, but you can communicate through other means with the kids, arguably just as well. Um, you know, everyone still loves jokes. Everyone still loves kind of like... Uh, acting like a like a weirdo complete weirdo everyone loves playing everyone loves soccer there's so much communication that happens i think outside of language and that was a really big takeaway um this trip so it was cool to see well this is it yeah i mean i guess you can connect with with people without necessarily talking to them yeah no absolutely it's that 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 connection through energy really Connection through the heart field, it is, my friends. Connection through the heart field. Cool, man. Um, we'll get rolling. Um, I am going to turn off the video because we get a better bandwidth connection. I've had it go out a few times. And that's no good. And we are recording. It is. Cool. Um, all right, buddy. Davies or Davis? Uh over here, we say Davis. Over there, you, people generally say Davies, don't they? I'm going to say uh, Davis. I like that one. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's Welsh. So, you know, everybody over here yeah. just puts an E in their name, you know, and they, they say Davis. Um, but when we go overseas, people, yeah, say Davies. Okay. So I don't care. But if you like Davis, that's good for me because that's what I say. Yeah, Davis sounds more like movie star. <laughs> and of course that goes with my dashing good looks that's right yeah it, it comes with the total package <laughs> oh man hey guys paleo hackers today with me i'm excited to introduce uh my friend from across the pond we just established his last name is davis so kyle davis is a therapist psychologist he's ran a practice for 15 years helping people with a lot of things in their life and meeting them where they're at um, he also runs another podcast over there at the Unleashing Potentials podcast. So, Kyle, my friend, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me, Clark. It's epic to be here. Epic. We've never had that as a uh, response to that. Normally people say, you know, it's good to be here, Clark. But uh, epic, that's a new one, man. So Epic because, as we established on my podcast, you are a superhero. And for the listeners, Clark is wearing his cape today. And his and his uh, his un- underwear over his pants. You know, in all my life of of living with the name of of Clark and the last initial of K, I've never gotten the Superman uh, quote. So no one's ever no one's ever called me Superman. So thank you for. That. <laughs> they haven't seen that innate potential that I see in you, young man. <laughs> all right, I'm glad I have someone who sees it, <laughs> other than my mother. <laughs> I'm actually excited to get you on here because we got a. Um, a topic that that needs a lot of life around it. I think, um, obviously, by the title of this show, we're going to be speaking about more uh, clinical issues and and st- st- stuff along that lines. And I think a lot of that can get some 
uh, doom and gloom along with it. Anytime you bring up depression, you can almost spend, you know, 90% of the time on the problem and 10% of the time on the solution. So hopefully today we kind of flip that and we, we, we talk about depression, but we also have more of a, um, I don't want to say the word cure because you can get sued for that. That's the C word on this show, but more of a uh, action oriented approach at the end. So um, if that sounds good to you, I'm excited to just get going. Let's do this thing. Awesome, man. So I guess the first question uh, the listeners have in their minds is um, obviously, you know, clinical practice of 15 years, you've been working with people, but kind of why is this topic of depression and mental health sort of a um, a personal passion for you? Why are you drawn to it? I, I think really because I experienced uh, both anxiety and uh, d- depression in my probably started when I was about 17 through to when I was 24. Uh, And I've had various bouts of being depressed since. And, you know, I I was at college for five years. Um, When I came out, I worked in business consulting for about 10 years. Um, But the thing was, there didn't seem to be anything within conventional uh, practice uh, and conventional ideas that really kind of helped me with what I was going through. So I was that got me curious, really. And I thought, you know, I, I searched and researched loads of different alternative, uh, you know, t- t- uh, uh, sort of practices and whatnot to try to sort myself out to start with. But also then I was curious about, uh, uh, you know, what uh, what uh, other people were were experiencing, what they they went through. And it was it was kind of interesting to me that um, there seemed to be so much suffering, and this you know these sorts of conditions are on the rise as well. And the 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 approaches that we have, the mainstream approaches, don't really seem to kind of cut cut the mustard, really. Sure, no, absolutely. I mean, um, and th- and that's a great personal story, but also I think a lot of people can relate to that. Before this, I was looking up statistics and I don't know if these are what match you, but they seemed pretty reliable, at least for the United States. It was something like 18% of everyone 18 above have, uh, you know, I guess clinical diagnosed depression or, uh, that's like 40 million Americans or something like that. So the pretty significant numbers when you're talking about the stuff, it's not just like the guy in the corner over there. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things, um, that can hide amongst a lot of people and, necessarily isn't the first thing you put out at the dinner party well this this is true i mean you know the thing that took me out of out of uh, consulting was um i started working with a with a doctor over here and he had a particular interest in chronic fatigue uh, syndrome and fibromyalgia um because again there wasn't anything that mainstream medicine offered for them and what we saw was that there were parallels between um, really, I guess what caused the symptoms of chronic fatigue and fibro, and what caused the symptoms for people to be depressed and to be anxious and have panic disorder and those sorts of things. Oh. So that was, you know, that was kind of interesting to us, and it was. It seemed really that I guess there's a few things. The first thing is that my sense of it is that most people are very passive in in relation to healthcare. So there is this idea that hopefully some expert will be able to help me by giving me a pill or something. Sure. So 
we we offload you know um we expect something to be done to us and we expect it to be done quite quickly we have this kind of immediate uh uh desire for change in our mm. lives and that that doesn't you know from my perspective i don't think that's that really works because a lot of the time as well for certainly from the perspective of medicine medicine is looking to work directly on symptoms and symptoms are not addressing the cause of a condition so even though my work in terms of addressing cause is reasonably simplistic i i feel that there is uh, a strand that connects a lot of the sorts of chronic health problems that many people within Western countries are experiencing at the moment. Mm. Yeah, there's something to be said there about uh, the point you brought up with passive symptom oriented kind of healthcare and um, viewing the body as a, you know, segmented parts. And I guess progressively knowing more and more about less and less until you know everything about nothing. Um, is kind of in some ways, not all, but what the, the way medical, the medical system works currently. And, and, you know, you have a foot problem. It's just your foot. It's not, uh, it has nothing to do with the spine, you know, sending, sending another nerve pain somewhere else or anything like that. But so, so depression obviously is a more, or any sort of mental health is a more, uh, total body it's your it's your entire you know mental emotional even social well-being here um what would someone be feeling if they had these kind of symptoms of depression i mean the 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 array of symptoms is is pretty big really the the classic symptom is feeling is feeling numb it's sort of low mood you feel empty uh you could have a loss of appetite. You could be very, very fatigued. Mm. Um, you could have aches and pains. And this is one of the things that I found interesting. I, I remember talking to a friend of mine that had, had, had been depressed and had been quite bad with it. And I just was, uh, was describing symptoms of, of chronic fatigue to him. Mm. And he said, well, I basically have the same kind of thing. So there can be, a, there can be brain fog. There yeah. can be sleep problems, uh, issues with appetite. So there, there's quite an array of symptoms. I think you, normally for somebody to be diagnosed as suffering fr from depression, they, I think, have, have to be ex exhibiting something like four or five symptoms from that, from that kind of which, list. Which really, though, like, I mean, uh, you know, I, well, this could easily turn into a bash the medical system show, but four or five symptoms on this gigantic list of things that there's more things on the list than aren't. Right. And things are on there like being tired or um, being overweight or, you know, not feeling as motivated. Like there's 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 stuff like that on there that could be so many other things than depression. But I, I don't want to minimize, you know, kind of what people are going through. But it just kind of shows that, like, I think de depression is kind of a catch all term almost. And there's some things within there that are. Uh, fatigue from diet or even chronic fatigue or lack of sleep from just lifestyle changes that manifest in this catch-all term de depression. Would you agree with that? Uh, it's very likely the case. Yeah, it's it's a tough one, that, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I certainly uh, encourage the people I work with to have a diagnosis from their doctor. It, But it's uh, it's it's difficult to know 
how thorough a doctor is going to be. So there is an argument, as you say, for their symptoms being attributed to something else. But you'd hope that if there was any confusion or if they weren't convinced that they'd they'd ask the doctor to do a bit more testing if that that was required. But, yeah, obviously medicine looks at things in it from a certain perspective. So if if it were something missing in a diet then it's unlikely that your doctor's going to pick that up yep and it, it well it's hard because you break your arm you go to the doctor you get an x-ray you know you broke your arm it's right there you can see the shattered bone and what do you do you know you put it in a cast and it heals up but like with something with mental health or total body even there's no like term like you broke your arm you know depression has so many different parts i think it can almost be um, victimizing to like get into this mode of of like this this tunnel of no way out kind of like depression like it's so clear cut as you broke your arm you know I'm I I somehow manifest contracted depression and now there's no way out I think there there is and that's really a important thing I think you focus on with um a lot of your work and alternative stuff which we'll get into eventually but um. Just kind of seeing it as a bigger a bigger issue than just um, a one a plus b equals c kind of linear uh, process, I guess. Yeah, it is very difficult, isn't it? Because sure. what we know what we know is that uh, medicine is is very good at dealing with with acute problems. So, as you say, if you have a broken arm medicine will sort that out um if you have an infection medicine can sort that out for you but when things become chronic that's when problems seem to ensue in dealing with with medicine so medicine doesn't seem to be able to effectively deal with anything really that's chronic and unfortunately because the 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 dr- uh, the, the drug companies seem to go hand in hand with medicine we have this issue where Symptoms are, are treated with drugs, and unfortunately, often there's a lot of side effects from these drugs, meaning you need more drugs. Mm. So the, these can, you, so you you have your symptoms, you're given some umbrella term, be it chronic fatigue, be it depression, be it an anxiety disorder, and as as you rightly say, you know, the, the, it could be there could be a number of causes for that but people are offered uh, drugs in order to deal with their symptoms and usually it, it well it doesn't it doesn't really work it, that you know for the most part people have to have to uh, m- maintain their their kind of drug habit if you will so when someone has depression and they they have these symptoms and they're uh, feeling you know, down and they're kind of low on themselves and they they might be thinking, you know, why me? Why is this happening uh, to them? Is there anything that kind of maybe predisposes people to depression or anything behind um, the reason someone would uh, get depressed? I, I, I think that we are all wired if you will to uh, exhibit some types of symptoms or other so um, some people might be predisposed to experience anxiety some people might be experience be, be uh, wired to experience kind of skin problems or bowel problems um, and I, I believe that 
is what causes those is really it's our body if you will trying to tell us that something is not right and that's the sort of thrust of my work it's saying well what happens is our body tries to give us feedback about our, our the way that we are interacting with life through the feeling senses that we have mm. If if our body feels that it's it's not getting our attention, it turns up the volume and as a big tap on the shoulder and it begins to send symptoms. Mm. Now, as I say, for some people, if they're wired in that particular way, it maybe they have panic disorder. Whereas you may get, uh, um, you know, the kind of person next to you gets bowel problems or in, or insomnia or you know sleep sleep problems. So I think the reasons why people experience. Uh, different problems can be connected but i i think there is it is down to 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 uh how how a person is wired yeah sure and when you look into brain chemistry too it's pretty clear that there are some links you know even even with predisposition from uh, you could argue genetics or uh personality or you know life events we all know someone or have been that person who have just never been the same since you know x happened or whatever um so there again there's so many things to look at kind of in hindsight of of why someone might get there but um so there are but but i think it doesn't i I think being being predisposed to have something doesn't mean that you have to have it or keep it you know and that's 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 something that i'm i'm convinced about Uh, unfortunately we've you know we've got stuck in this idea with genes that oh well yeah there's a gene for this and a gene for that well as far as i'm concerned yeah it may predispose you to to have something but it doesn't necessarily mean that you you have to exhibit the symptoms, or even if you do for a short time, it doesn't mean you can't reverse that and experience health. Mm. So you get to choose to kind of fight against whatever predisposition you have, rather than just kind of give well, up and, and call it what it I is. Mean, yeah, as I say, from you know, as as far as I'm concerned, it's our body. You know, so the word "fight against" isn't something that I particularly like, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I, I I like the idea that we can work in harmony with our body when we when we connect to it, and we can align ourselves in order to have the experience of health. I think that again, what's happened, and you know, I think what's happened in in Western culture is we become very detached from our body. We become very detached from our soul, if you will, and our lifestyles are. They're, they're, they're kind of bizarre in a way where, you know, we have people that are obese in huge numbers, people that are depressed and anxious in huge numbers. And I think a lot of it is the culture that we've built for ourselves where we've become very detached. Mm. So the, the things that we would normally do, you know, if you go to indigenous cultures, they tend not to exhibit these sorts of symptoms. They don't have these conditions like chronic fatigue and depression and anxiety mm. and whatnot. And I think a lot of it is because our lifestyles we've become detached from who we really are we become detached from our our essence from our physical body and our spiritual essence as well that's my kind of perspective on it so in terms of how you reverse it it is the idea of getting back in touch with your essence as a human and spiritual being it's it's re, re, you know that that connection that you need to have with, with with yourself that is often lost through the kind of culture that we've that we've developed you think we'll ever be able to get to a point of where, uh, you know, in this developing world of technology, whether it be the new iPhone that comes out or the new computer, or we invent some other sort of technology that could arguably 
uh, separate us more, connect us more, depending on how you want to spin that. But do you think we'll ever get to a point of where we're harmonized with um, ourself and less compartmentalized everywhere, or that we um, we we feel more whole and less segmented? Like, do you think that's coming, or do you think it's going the other direction? Uh, I'm an optimist, so I, I I think it is. I think we can make it right. Um, I don't think we've got to go back and live in kind of tree houses in in the forest, yeah. you know. Um, I, I think there is the potential if we open our eyes to it. I, I, I feel what's happened is that there there is a need for balance. Really, we've become very left brain. We're a very thinking orientated culture. Everything has to be thought through. We we've got trapped in our heads, and we've become sort of uh, just dis dis disconnected yeah. and i think that there is that potential if we open ourselves up to it but it, i think it's going to be it, it comes through this realization of the problems i mean obviously the problems now are quite big aren't they yeah but i think w- what i'm hoping certainly on the health front is that more people are looking to be empowered more people are looking to take charge of their health and i think we're seeing a shift because there are so many people interested in diet and exercise so i think there there is there is a movement you know there's if i go back to when i was a kid your doctor was the be all and end all you know you you looked up to him you put it you know you put him up there and whatever he said was right and i think you know now we've got free access to uh to the to the web and whatnot and people know a lot more and People are curious. People are looking for alternative options for their health. And I think more people are looking to take charge of their health. And I'm hoping that we're moving in in, in that direction. And when when enough people kind of get there, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, a shift will happen. Sure. And I think to go on that, man, I think a lot of doctors are getting more aware too and they're getting better because I saw – um, man, I'm forgetting the site name, but I saw a site that literally ranked like Yelp that you can do for restaurants and businesses. They ranked individual doctors. So they had a list of like all registered MDs or, or even NDs or whatever. And they had like reviews right next to them. And they had the top ranked surgeons in Seattle area or top ranked, you know, Los Angeles therapists. Like it, if that's the way it's going too, you know, you have no no choice really than to uh, kind of walk the talk and and really evolve your practice because I think a push from a lot of the alternative health community is that the um, you know it's separated, it's us versus them. It's kind of alternative health or conventional medicine, you know, Western medicine, and it's kind of the yes and approach. You need you need both in some areas. Like Kyle breaks his arm, you don't just put hands and pray over it. You know, you go get a cast and maybe get a sling. I mean. You can do whatever you want, but um, so anyway, I think that's an evolution. It's going. It's kind of it's merging them towards the middle. Do you see that at all? I think absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely the case, isn't it? And I think this is the thing now that that arrogance of medicine. I hope is 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 going away to a certain extent because this is what we're seeing. We're seeing uh, doctors that are realizing that their patients are going elsewhere, and they can see that they don't have all the answers and. I'm sure that there there are still those doctors out there that believe that well, if I can't see it, then it doesn't exist. Yeah. But my sense is there are, there are more more doctors that are saying, okay, well, 
this is what medicine does. This is how we deal with things. We treat, we treat symptoms. However, we're probably not going to look at the cause of those symptoms. I don't really have time for that. But you can look for that over here. I can't recommend anyone, but maybe if you go and have a search. That tends to be how it is a bit more in, 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 in the uh, UK, is that because we have our National Health Service, there's only certain things that they offer within that. Mm. But more and more doctors are saying, right, well, I can't recommend somebody, but you know, if you go and look over here, here and here, you may find something that suits your needs. So I definitely think that that change is, is with us, which is, a, which is a good thing. We need medicine because medicine has done some fantastic things, but we, it needs to be balanced. And we need, you know, for those conditions that it doesn't deal well with and they tend to be chronic, the model needs to be expanded just to understand, right, well, why are those conditions there? What can we do about them? And, you know, as, as we're saying, much of it probably is about our Western lifestyle. So, you know, and the, the common things that people talk about are diet and exercise. Sure. Those are the easy ones that come up. And I think a lot of doctors, too, to go on this theme, they're getting more aware of um, the conventional doctors. You know, there used to be that saying that uh, science is measured tombstone by tombstone. You know, basically saying that every, the only time you really progress is when someone stops teaching what they did and now you can bring the new stuff in. So if you're if Kyle's teaching a theory for 40 years and some new theory comes along that disproves it, well, he's kind of having he has an incentive to keep teaching that because that's what he's been doing. That's his whole self-worth. You know, it's all wrapped up in that. Um, but when he's finally gone, then we can bring in the new stuff. And I think you kind of see that lag in the past with medicine right? Like there'd be this new invention or this new um, way of treating something. And then up until that person goes or, you know, it takes like 17 years from the time something's released to the time it's in common practice. Um, but I think that that's shrinking and shrinking and shrinking to the point of now where it's, it's, it's very fast. Well, it, yeah, I, I, I hope so. Cause you have that within academia, don't you? Where, yeah. You know, there is the sense that academia is this, and, and science is this this pursuit of truth. Um, whereas, really, there are agendas at play, there are careers in mind, and these things have a great influence on what, what is actually done. When I was when I was working with my old business partner, we tried to have uh, some independent research done of our treatments that we'd we'd created, and I went around the place in the UK, and I was told by professors, "Well, unfortunately, there isn't any money for new ideas like this." And you know, it's like, "All right, okay." What, <laughs> so, what so, research were you trying to have done? Well, the the treatment that we developed was say was was a treatment predominantly for people with chronic fatigue uh, s syndrome and those sorts of, of conditions, but worked for depression and anxiety as oh, well. Cool. Um, so you know, we'd gone through a period where we'd put together this process. We'd started to train practitioners. We came over to the states, so we trained a few. Uh, you know, we went various places, but obviously what we wanted to do was have the process embraced within mainstream medicine. Um, and it was it's just incredibly hard to do that to the mm. point that well, we didn't. And, you know, what I've seen is, is other alternative treatments emerge. And this is often the case, isn't it? You see you see ideas that kind of pop up all over the place sure. on 
based on a theme. Once you have an idea somewhere, then all sorts of ideas kind of pop up, which are all based on a theme. And this this was what we saw, but none of them have been embraced within mainstream healthcare because there isn't, you know, to try to have research done is is it's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it's a mess. Well, so with that program, you know, you had a couple of people trained. It didn't necessarily go through to the way you wanted it, but were you at least able to turn it into something you're using with people now or like the online stuff you do and the products you make is one of those what you had yeah it is it is to a certain extent i mean i'm i'm always i'm always evolving the stuff that i do but yeah i mean you know the kind of the basic idea was based on emotion and the idea we had a different view of what of what of what that is i think most people tend to think that uh, our emotion is something that's in your head so you have some thoughts and you get some feelings that come from that and what we found was that and what we believed and what science is now beginning to show is that emotion is often triggered independently of thinking and it's actually that your emotional processing operates generally at much higher speeds than your cognitive processing. Mm. So it's usually that emotion is driving your thinking. So even when you think you're being logical and rational, actually your emotion is is driving that. Mm. So emotion a lot of the time is is an unconscious process but it it's it's uh it's a complex process and it affects all of the body and all of the brain now essentially our work was based on the fact that emotion would be triggered in response to things in life probably unconsciously but because it was affecting all of the body and all of the brain it's and it's a feedback process as well is that if it got if it gets blocked or out of balance at some point in time the brain goes into an overdrive phase and then when it goes into an overdrive phase the body then creates symptoms and this goes back to what i was saying earlier with the idea that your symptoms are really a tap on the shoulder to tell you that something is wrong so essentially there's a build-up of this energy of of emotion inside and then boom you get the brain goes into this overdrive and then you get you get all these uh, symptoms so essentially what happens is when the brain is on overdrive um, because of course it has a feedback loop with the autonomic nervous system the immune system and the endocrine system they get thrown out of whack they're working extremely hard and then there's this this experience of symptoms so our our work was was and my work now it's it's a reasonably simple idea and as i say when we it's the idea that when we get back in touch with our body when we um begin to re-experience our emotional truth uh, it's then we can and, and look at it as a feedback tool as a call to action then we can and we start acting on it then arguably our bodies don't need to send symptoms anymore because the body only sends the symptoms if there's something wrong i mean if everything is fine in our lives we don't have symptoms there's only we only have symptoms when there's when there's uh, something wrong so i don't i don't view emotion as just something that's all in the head and i don't view it as something that is just about the past obviously the, those are the common ideas about emotion aren't they that right, yeah. well it's something taking place in my head if i change the way i think i'll change my life or i've got to go back and talk about all the crap that happened when i was a kid i don't do any of those things because i think that as i say because emotion drives thinking i think when you have a lot of dysfunctional thinking patterns which is often the case with the if you're depressed those are driven by emotion 
And there's an energy that is us as well. And I think that there's a, for me, there's a kind of a core essence that's us. And when we sort of become detached from that, emotion kind of builds up. And again, say that drives our thinking. So my experience of it was I used to do loads of work when I started out. I used to do loads of work trying to change people's thinking patterns. And that's still a common approach. But what I found was it was it's an awful lot of work and you have to keep doing it. And it, it doesn't, it's not that fruitful. So, you know, I, I guess I've evolved in, 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 into this idea. Well, it looks, to, you know, and just looking at what, what science is telling us now, there is more to, to, um, to our, our, our sort of emotional experience than we previously thought. So that's, that, that's the kind of the theory behind it. It's, it's looking at emotion, it's reconnecting with ourselves, and then and balancing that up and using emotion as looking at it in a very kind of mechanistic, sort of way almost as if it's like the lights on your car dashboard mm. that you know your gas light comes on it you know it's it's a call to action it's telling you that you've got to do something and you know i view emotion in much the same way and exactly the same way as if you get that feeling of hunger you know you get that rumbling in your stomach it's your body telling you you need to go and eat something and emotion is largely the same you know so all of our as far as i'm concerned all of our feeling experience is is feedback and i think that we become so left brain in our culture that we've we've pretty much cut off from that and certainly in britain there's very much that and and i think with men i think in men in the us as well there's if you and i think this is an issue if you're depressed and you suffer from from depression is that emotion is seen as a as a as a weakness so you don't allow yourself to have emotion but if you can look at it in this mechanistic way, that it's not that you have to emote, it's not that you've got to talk about it, but it's actually just a call to action. It's tr- it's who it's almost like it's who you are in that moment. You know, if you're doing something and your body gives you some emotional feedback of anger, frustration, sadness, whatever it is, then that's in that moment, as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of who you are, and you need to allow yourself to feel that, and then not think about it particularly, but just feel it, and then do something about it in a, in an authentic way often what happens is of course is that we we're trying to fit in we're trying to get along we're trying to uh you know be the good the, the good boy or the good girl or whatever it is and we end up then suppressing how we really feel we end up trying to fit in and then what happens is that emotion builds up and then we get symptoms of some sort or another is this all making sense yeah so you get emotions and then they build up and your brain can't necessarily uh, logically think through them because they're emotions, they're not thoughts, which are different. And so when your brain gets overwhelmed, your body says, okay, let me handle these. And sometimes, for better or for worse, uh, it could be a good way of handling it, could be a bad way of handling it, um, your body takes it over and that manifests as symptoms. I think so. I mean, we we don't know exactly what takes place in the brain, but I think there's something. I think something happens that because emotion affects affects down to our level of our of our, our, our DNA, and it affects the functioning of cells. I think what's happening is is that um, the limbic brain or the non thinking part of the brain is overlooking the systems it's overlooking what's going on inside the, the the body and i think when it's kind of you get this emotional buildup i think there's almost like a rewiring into in in the brain and i think what happens is is that the rewiring causes the brain to be on this overload overdrive so it's almost like a constantly stressed so yeah. if that makes sense so it's i think 
and, and what what I you know we this this hasn't been proved yet, but I'm I'm pretty sure at some point it will be. Um, that, that's kind of what's happening. There's a rewiring, and then as 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 a person begins to uh, reconnect with their emotional truth, their body, their their soul, if you will, that the 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 rewiring then kind of goes back to normal. So that that emotional energy begins to flow through them again. So if someone's feeling that overwhelm and they're disconnected, what do you do to take them through uh, reconnecting and and to kind of upgrade them to where they're able to process through those? Uh, pent up emotions that are causing a lot of symptoms. I think essentially the the, the thing that I do is, uh, as I say, I, I don't really do any work that goes into the past. I'm saying, you know, when you uh, walk out your front door and you interact with life, your body sends some some uh, emotional feedback about that on a moment by moment basis. You may be aware of that, you may not. If you're a person who's having symptoms of depression or something else, then the body is kind of using symptoms to try to get your attention to tell you that something is not right in your life. So essentially what I do is and it, it, gets, it, it, it depends on the person because everybody is a little bit different. But I, I, I get people back in touch with their body. I get pe- people back in touch with how they feel. But I also look at their life. You know, I, I think that we are, we, you know, th- there are certain needs that we have as humans that I think are often not fulfilled. So we, we need people in our lives. We need to connect. We need to exercise. We need to move. Um, we need to be creative. We need to have passions. You know, a big part of it for me is that is that my sense is that almost like the the reason, the, the purpose of life is to have the experience of who you are in this particular lifetime. And I think that often we, as I say, we we try so hard to fit in that we become more of who we're not than who we are. So a huge part of what I do is is try to get people into who they really are so they can have the experience of themselves. So I think when people are connected and they can begin to feel their their passions and their purposes in life, yeah. they their health improves because you know this is it, isn't it? You know what what you often find is that the happiest people are the most genuine people. They're the people that are they're they're living fulfilled. They're living their their passions. Mm-hmm. They're they're taking charge of their lives. They're empowered. So I guess that's the essence of of, of what I do. I get people back into their body, get them feeling, get them taking charge. We we feel very disempowered, and I think it's important that we become empowered. I think that we. We have we play a far greater role in the exp- in our, the creation of our experience of life than the most people think. I th- as I say, part of being disempowered is often the case that people are thinking, "Well, this happens in my life. This happens. This causes me to feel this, and this causes me to feel this." So, a lot of what I do is try to bring it back to the individual and say, "Well, whatever happens in your life is happening for you, and you can control that to a degree. You can certainly you certainly play a greater role in your experience of life because when it comes to our you know when it comes to our ongoing uh, emotional experience how we behave on a moment by moment basis affects how we feel you know if you're confronted with something you know you may 
you may experience some frustration or some anger in response to a person saying something to you. What you do from that point forward affects your ongoing emotional experience. You know, if you if you behave like a victim, you'll feel like a victim and that frustration and anger will amplify. If you step into an empowered space and decide to kind of take take charge and act in in a in a kind of assertive sort of way or whatever it is, then there's a good chance that frustration and anger will subside and you'll feel confident. So I think you know this there's a this huge capacity for us to alter our own experience of life through being aware of how we behave and being aware of how we behave and how we interface with life is affecting our experience rather than looking at it all as this kind of outside in you know sure. I'm just affected by what's going on outside of me. So I'm hearing that you know if you're looking at it from the outside in you might be looking at it from the victimized of you know everything's happening to me versus the other approach which is much harder but once you do it it's much easier it's 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 a weird paradox there but the other approach from the inside out that is everything is happening for me and you're more of a uh uh creator in charge or um you know things are happening for you so now it's your job to deal with it how you want versus to just kind of be reactive in this reactive mode of things happening all around you and you're just kind of uh, grasping for something to hold on to because you're reacting. Absolutely. And it's often the case then that people do what they think they should do. Yeah. They, they act out of obligation and these sorts of things. And again, you know, a lot of what I try to stress to people is that there is um, an kind of innate uh, inner wisdom within you. There's, uh, there's that core energy of you. And as it's your job to be the experience of yourself, what's really important is, is knowing that in any context in life, if you trust yourself, you'll kind of know what to do. So you can you don't have to think your way through it because often thinking just gets in the way. And the more thinking that we do, the more disconnected from our core we become. So by trusting that, right, well, with it, I can I can allow myself to feel whatever. That's a huge thing, you know, just that very idea that whatever you feel is okay is massive because so many people are judging what they feel they're suppressing what they feel they're thinking oh, i don't want to feel this i don't want to be the kind of person that feels this so the first step is just allow yourself to feel whatever you feel without judgment without attributing meaning to it just let yourself feel it and then trust that right well there is an inner wisdom within me and I can just allow that to flow. I can allow it to, you know, allow myself to flow because this is the thing. If you think about any time in your life where you've been on top of your game, you're generally in your body. You're not really thinking about things. You are, you're kind of trusting yourself and things just seem to go right when that happens. So that's what I, that's what I do. I, I try to get people to that space where they believe in that, kind of inner wisdom they trust it they connect to it and then begin to flow from it and for me when that happens when we're when we're aligned because that's aligned then kind of mind body and spirit if you will when we're aligned in that way then the, the the symptoms go and you don't need to take drugs you don't need to view it as some external thing that's happening to you because of course again that's the thing we often do isn't it with with uh with with health problems we look at it as something that's happening to us of course that is the case with a virus but in many other chronic health problems it's not that something is happening to us it's that it's our body trying to get our attention because something is not right so you know it's a paradigm shift i think in a way of looking at symptoms 
in in a, as as a help you know they 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 they're purposeful they're trying to get get our attention so looking at them like that then re reconnecting and allowing ourselves to feel what we feel without judgment that is 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 the kind of the path to to health i think a lot of people um they struggle with expression you know and the opposite of night is day the opposite of hot is cold east west north south i mean the polarities in life go on and on but i think the opposite of depression is expression and the fact that so many people repress so many things deep down inside of them because it's not socially acceptable to throw tantrum fits anymore as soon as you're not seven out in public or it's not socially acceptable to tell someone that the dress does make them look fat and they should change it immediately or it's not socially acceptable to say that the food your mother cooked tastes like shit because it did. Uh, and I'm not I'm not suggesting you go out and just be this mega jerk, but I think expression through other means, and let me know if this resonates with you, Kyle, is very important in my personal life. Um, I know the days where I sit in my apartment or my house and I just kind of uh, – go down the YouTube hole of watching weird conspiracy documentaries and, uh, <laughs> well done that. you know, exactly. Even, even to a certain extent, researching health. I mean, man, that stuff stresses me out sometimes. And I, I you know, I, I look at all these po- potential diseases and I'm like, great, I guess I have syphilis, you know, and you just come to this weird conclusion of like, oh my gosh, I have that or on PubMed. I mean, that, that's stressful, you know? Um, but then again, I so those are those are the bad days, and I feel like crap. I treat people like crap, and um, good luck getting the best me out of that day. And then I have the days where um, I yesterday where I, I wrote songs with a guy in my band, and we're crafting this EP album, which I've been wanting to do since I was twelve. Or I drum a lot, or I even do these podcasts, or I, I, I create something. Something comes out of me. That just makes sense. Um, And those are the days where I am better to people, where I am more loving to people around me, where I'm willing to listen to people, where I'm less about me and more about them. And it comes through this weird expression tool. I'm not really sure what it is, but um, I, I, I found that is the key. In a lot of areas, and maybe I think it's yeah. it, 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 it's huge. I think what's interesting about what you're saying is on your first day, your YouTube day. You see, I still feel that what you what you're learning from that is even though that emotion comes from inside of you, you're beginning. You can you can build a picture of how your body is responding to certain external things. So you kind of know that right. Well, watching too you know too too, too much news or, or whatever is on 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 YouTube. Is actually probably not good for me. It doesn't make me feel good. And I know it sounds a bit simple, but simply knowing that and recognizing that it's not about mentally trying to push yourself through because you should do anything. I think this that that's part of attuning to how you feel, even though, as I say, that emotion comes from you and it comes from, to a certain extent, the meaning that you imprint upon the world. It's still in that moment. It's your emotional truth. So you could turn that day around by recognizing, well, actually, this, this sequence of events is is not helpful for me i recognize that when i do x y and z my body responds emotionally in a particular way at the moment i don't know how to change that so what i can do is change what i do and i think then on so it's, it's not that 
you know, all right, well, in those days, it's a bad day for me. I think you can change that. And if you, if you don't want to have those days, I think you know what to do. But so, why do I like then, them, though? Why do I like the conspiracy videos and, like, uh, the things that aren't necessarily good? I mean, a lot of people have that, too. Like, a lot of people, they go I out and eat Ben great, and Jerry's. And, I mean, yeah, why, do, I think, why do we do that to ourselves? I think I think it's a great question, isn't it? It's because there's a stimulation intellectually i think we have with things i mean i have lots of clients and have had uh, loads of clients that enjoy will tell me they enjoy watching news on tv or reading newspapers yeah i think intellectually they're stimulated but i think uh, emotionally their body goes into a stress response often hmm. but there is that thing that sometimes you can't look away you know, I mean, I, I've had that with sporting events, watching watching Wales play play uh, rugby. You know, and I, I get so frustrated, I'm exhausted after the game. <laughs> I can't look away. And so I think I think we have that. I think that's part of that self awareness, isn't it? It's well, I think it is. It's it's recognizing. Um, what may be good for you and what isn't, even though, because we've all got that addictive thing about us and yeah. there are strange reasons why we like things, but you, you know, you can get sucked in and there's an energy about everything. So you can get sucked into something. And, but I think retaining a sense of, of, of self-awareness that, all right, well, yeah, I feel, I almost feel compelled to watch this, but I can feel in my body that it's actually not good for me, and I can see in my mood that it's it, it's affecting me in a, in probably a negative way. And of course, in your second day, you're creating, and I think when we are creating, as far as I'm concerned, that's when we're really connected. Yeah. So most people, when they're creating, and of course, you can create in many, 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 many areas of life. When you are creating, you're absolutely flowing, you're connected, and you're really experiencing yourself. So this is why doing something that's creative is extremely important. And I hear that about, uh, you know, what you were saying about the bad day of the, you know, it's just the path of least resistance. It really is. I mean, it's so much easier to sit in your house, watch conspiracies and scream doom and gloom and throw your hands up and, you know, kind of have the, um, oh, oh, fuck it approach when it comes to, uh, the world and kind of being proactive and just being, again, the victim and it's happening to you, but it's harder to go out there and really try and create and express like the second day but i think it's ultimately better and i think it starts for me personally this is my own experience with dealing with uh you know depression versus kind of this expression mode these two very different clarks and i'm sure you've had two very different kyles it comes down to starting the day right and doing a lot of things that are the fundamentals and um, you know, that comes down to nutrition, water, exercise, but it also comes down to things like growing. If I'm, if I don't feel like I'm growing in life, if I don't feel like I'm reading the right books or journaling or knowing more about myself, my likes, my dislikes, uh, my conscious beliefs that are programs from my past, what do I believe currently? Do I actually believe that? The more I don't question that and get into that, man, I, th I think I, I go down that first day path i don't go down the second day path um do you have any fundamentals you recommend for people that can help them achieve more of a second day keep wanting to use that well it's interesting you ask that because to a certain extent i probably don't and the reason i don't i don't necessarily and the reason for that is because the essence of what i do is about reconnecting people with who they are so i think things like having a routine and exercising and all these kinds of things this this is absolutely fine but 
I think it has to come from inside the individual. I think what we have uh, is it's very easy to detach from yourself, get up into your head and think, oh, I should do this, I should do that. And for me, being up in your head and doing what you think you should because it's the right thing to do is the first step to getting it wrong. So I'm, I'm a believer in... Um, yeah, you can have your routines, you can have your schedules, you know, but it, the most important thing is that that comes from inside of you. If it feels right for me to get up and exercise first thing in the morning, that's, that's what is right for me. You know, if I if I get up and exercise first thing in the morning because I've read it somewhere and therefore I think, well, this this is what I should do to feel better. I, I, I don't think that solves our problem in the long run. It may make you feel slightly better to, to, to begin with, but because the essence of the issue is needing to be reconnected with you, then I think it's got to come from that space. Whatever you do, whatever you decide to do, I think needs to come from your intuitive wisdom. And, you know, if it is a, a procedure, a technique, a tool, whatever, that's fine, but it's got to come from within you. You've got to decide that it's right for you. Does that make sense? Well, it, yeah, isn't it? It's not necessarily either or, though. I mean, I think there are some things in life where discipline comes in that I think are beneficial. I mean, there are days where I don't want to exercise and I, Absolutely, and I yeah. exercise I'm, I'm saying- and then I feel way better. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's either or. I, I think there is this I think the thing I'm trying to make a distinction between is where is where a person is driven from. And I, I think it's because I see so many people that are driven from the mind with that idea of I, I should do this, I must do this, I ought to do that, I have to do that. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, and it exhibits itself in people's language because people will think that to themselves and they'll they'll say it. And I think that if you're doing something, you know, even if you have to push yourself to exercise, if deep in your core that feels like the right thing for you to do to be on that exercise program, then that's the right reason to do it. And that, so it's not an either or. Yeah, maybe there's a program, maybe there's a routine, maybe there's a technique, but the reason for doing it needs to come from inside you. So that's why I, I guess I'm saying, oh no, this is what you should do. And that, that, that I guess that's what I, in, I in trying to answer the question of. You know, is there are there kind of I guess staples that I advise people to do? Not really, because you know, even though you know, for depression, even though we know that exercise is pretty good, it's not going to cure your depression, but it's a good thing to do. I still, when I talk to people about it, I invite them to only exercise if in their core it feels right for them and most definitely to find something that is right for them. And I think there's a there is a difference, and people know a difference between pushing yourself to do something and you know underneath when it feels right as opposed to it just doesn't feel right if that makes sense you know i i know what it's like for me yeah there are days you know i i i i head to the gym three four times a week and there are days when i just i don't really want to do it but deep inside i i kind of know it's the thing to do but some days i feel you know today isn't the day to do it and on those days i don't i think there's i think we're talking about the same thing in a lot of ways um maybe two different styles of doing it but i i would argue that there's definitely some things every peop everybody should be doing and i know it might not feel right to people but hey sometimes it may not feel right to change your brakes because they cost six hundred dollars but ultimately that's what you should do on your car or the gas you know to fill up your tank it might not feel right to spend fifty dollars to fill up your gas but it's going to keep your engine running better i think i think the human body, in some ways, it's a, it's a machine that you got to keep running, and and I think the things that 
keep that machine running come down to movement, obviously. And that's what we were just talking about with going to the gym or taking a yoga class or walking or standing all day. Some sort of movement's very, very important. I think nutrition, what comes down to it, putting the right fuel in, you know, crap in, crap out. Definitely nutrition. And then that third one we were uh, talking about with expression or or some sort of... um, not getting, as you would say, you know, the mind's so stifled that the body takes over and some symptoms start to manifest and start to create in your life. So I think some sort of expression. Do you think those are kind of three that that you would um, maybe steer towards, steer people towards thinking about? Yeah, I, I, I don't see why not. It's interesting, actually, because the thing I was thinking about when you were saying about you well i have to i have to put gas in my tank even though i may not f- feel like it and i think the thing I, I the thing i wanted to say in in regard to that was there is a difference between um a kind of deeper core intuitive uh, inner wisdom kind of feeling about something as opposed to uh, an impulsive reactive kind of feeling and i think that I guess it's because I'm an optimist in terms of people. I think people yeah. are at their core, I think, good. Because I think generally, really deep down, we all recognize that we're all connected. We we all – because it's that thing, isn't it? We, you know, when, when – when, when people are questioned, ultimately what they want to do is give something back. If they if they're achieving things in their life, if they if they if they have enough money that they don't have to concern themselves too much about bills and all the rest of it, they've got their basic needs sorted and they're looking at being self actualized. What they want is to give something back. They want to help others, a bit like you and your trip to the orphanage every year. You know, people people get an awful lot from that. So I think I think there is a difference for me in a in almost like a surface level impulsive kind of. Uh, whimsical feeling of I don't do that is different from a deeper level. So, uh, you know, the sure. thing the thing that I'm saying is is that when I'm sort of talking about how you feel about something, I'm talking about that deeper okay. core level. You know, when, when you're connected to that that wisdom within you, I, I think then you make the right choices. You make the appropriate choices. Um, so there's, there's not to cut you off, but there seems to be a bit of smoke and mirrors for people though, to get to that deep core thing, you know, like this and the smoke and mirrors being that hunger sense that makes you crave sugar when you know the Ben and Jerry's ain't going to help. Like your deep core would argue no Ben and Jerry's, but your smoke and mirrors that kind of masks that deep core says Yes, Clark, eat the whole tub, or or yes, Kyle, you know, go get the cake. Or, or there, there seems to be a hard way to get to that inner core. Is is kind of um, the the issue I, with with people, and that might manifest as as depression. You know, that masking yeah, I, I of that you, inner core. I, I think you're absolutely right, and I think in you know, uh, with that in mind having some kind of staples fundamentals as you call it that you might do is uh, absolutely that that's you know that it's it's absolutely fine i suppose you know i guess all i'm saying is is i feel we always need to be mindful i don't i for me i guess it's it's because i i believe that so many people are, are detached 
you know, from my senses that we have a lot of people that live life almost like they're hamsters in a wheel and they're in a cycle of going to work to try to pay bills. So many people don't really like the jobs that they do, but they do it. They come, you know, they sit in traffic, they go to work, they do some job they don't really like. They, they sit in traffic, they come home, they're exhausted. And the exhaustion is because they're not fulfilled. They're kind of bored and frustrated. They sit in front of a box in, you know, in the corner of their room and they zone out and they're kind of passive in relation to life. And I think, I guess this is the thing, I suppose my, my passion is to, is to reignite people, is to connect people to themselves because I feel that there is, there is too much of uh, uh, people walking around in a, in a, in a trance like state doing what has to be done. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm, I'm probably a bit different, really, because I'm always a bit nervous when there's and there's any idea of there's something that you know you should do this, or you should do that. Or here's a routine for you, because I think people so easily just kind of adopt things like that and go, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do something else, without yeah. really checking out. Does does this match me? Is this right for me? Am I expressing myself through doing this? And I, I recognise I am at the other end of the spectrum in doing it, but I suppose I'm just trying to wave a flag for that idea that. In order for you to be healthy and happy, you have to be connected to yourself. You have to be the full expression of yourself. You, the purpose of life is to is to experience who you are. And in our cultures, we get cut off from who we are, yeah. and we become we become like robots almost. That's so true. I totally agree, man. I think it's uh, one of those things where you're you're told by a lot of people you should go to college, you should get a job and you should retire and you do that. And then you get to age 40, 50 and you have that midlife crisis. And so what do you do? You go out and buy a, a Corvette and you know, you drive it really fast or, or you go and, and do something. You have that wake up moment where you're like, Oh my gosh, that's not what I should be doing. That's what people thought I should be doing. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, because yeah. we've been talking about being depressed and people who kill themselves, and we're not we've been talking about that yet. But but it, uh, when it comes to suicide, um, it's more men than women do it, and the 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 biggest risk time is certainly for men is between ages thirty and forty four or forty five, and. You know, those are the times, aren't they, where you kind of, it's almost like you've had that realization just as you've talked about there. Yeah. You know, I think that you sort of had this realization and you don't know what to do because you're bursting to get out as far as I'm concerned. You're bursting to to express yourself, to yeah. be an individual. But you've been cooped up for so long that, you know, it all kind of goes a bit wrong and you don't know how to do it. So, it, so you think, well, I'm better off out of here than because I don't know what to do. So if someone were to walk away from this call, this conversation, um, feeling inspired or feeling like they wanted to do something and without making it a should for them, um, do you have anything that you use with people, um, whether it be some sort of maybe journaling practice or reading or, or, or just, just some things that you've seen work for other people in the past that... Um, might that th they might consider applying to themselves like any any action steps i i think you know th there's loads of stuff out there for me the fundamental things are being present in the moment and i know it sounds a bit simple but being present in the moment and one of the biggest things is 
it just allow yourself to feel what you feel. Just accept what you feel without comment, without, as I say, without attaching meaning to it. So often we resist. And I think the primarily problems are caused in life through resistance. So we resist events. I don't want that to happen. That mustn't happen. And we resist how we feel. I don't want to be the kind of person that feels this. And when we allow things to flow, then life is much better. So, you know, as a simple piece of advice, I'd say, you know, when you walk out the door, whatever you feel, just allow yourself to feel it. Don't think you've got to solve it. You won't solve it in your head. Because, you know, thinking about it will just make it worse. So just remind yourself that, you know, I can just let myself feel this. And if I need to take some action on it, I can do that because how I feel now is kind of who I am in this moment. And that's okay. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces. It's certainly a piece to start with. It's, you know, everything you feel is okay. Let yourself feel it. Let it flow through you. Don't analyze it. Just feel it. If you need to act on it, act on it. But don't think about it. Sure. Sure. Awesome. Is there any other um, resources you'd recommend or places where people can learn more about kind of what we were talking about or maybe even your teachings? I mean, obviously, the place I'd recommend people go is my website, kyledavis.net, K-Y-L-E-D-A-V-I-E-S.net. And I have programs that people can download and buy, which, you know, which uh, audio programs and, and PDFs and whatnot. Obviously, I work on a, on a, a one-to-one with, with people as well. I'm uh, in the process of revamping my Conquer Depression program, which will be released shortly. I'm also going to be doing a webinar series to eliminate anxiety you've got a incorporating a lot of the elements that i've talked about today but i've got a slightly different approach for dealing with anxiety and panic attacks sure. so i'll be doing that as a webinar series so I, i'd say that i'm a pretty good resource yeah yeah no you <laughs> sound like a busy dude too man you got you got to do some de-stress what do you do to de-stress uh, well, like you, I, I play I play in bands. Nice. Um, so I'm I'm off to band practice later. I have I have a great family. I've got two young daughters who are nine and eleven, and a fantastic wife. So hanging out with my family is is good. I, I, I work out. The thing is, is that I, I love what I do. You know, I love yeah. my work, but you know, this is, this is my absolute passion. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky really mm. that even though there are things that concern me, there are the things that, that I, I, I'm afraid of and all the rest of it, you know, there are worries, but I, you know, I don't, I don't have the, I guess I don't have the, the stresses of, of a job I hate. Mm. Yeah. Kyle, my man, thank you so much for coming on this show. It was awesome. Again, you can reach Kyle at uh, – give your website one more time. I forgot it. <laughs> Is it just kyledavis.com? Dot net. Dot net. See, I would have butchered it, man. It's a good thing you're here. KyleDavis.net. That's K-Y-L-E-D-A-V-I-E-S dot net. And it's on the links to all these pages. So, Kyle, thank you, my man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Clark. It's been an absolute pleasure.